1: Hello and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the Big Match Preview. My name is Louis Mendez and joining us on our return from the international break to look ahead to Saturday's trip up to St. Bank to take on uh, Lincoln City. First up, uh, Mr. Nathan Muller. How you doing, Nathan? Back in the country, yeah. yeah?
2: Yeah, yeah, for a bit and then I'm off again. But yeah, it's uh, all good, mate. Yeah. Loving life. See, we had um, a couple of downturns. I can't remember the last time I come on, but yeah, we had a downturn in results and then we um, had a good little result up at Fleetwood, which was, a uh, well, I was seeing it as a must-win, not to put the pressure on. But yeah, good to be back and looking forward to Saturday. Yeah, good see to see you. Nice little road trip with the old Welsh wizard. Yeah, <laughs> be interesting.
1: Yeah. yeah, well, let's just hope he's good at driving, I guess. Really, but um, better at driving than the Welsh are at football. Uh, also joining us, uh, a man uh, who has entered uh, the uh, the phase of uh, pre-married life. He's now engaged. I found the most boring way of saying that, didn't I? He's got engaged, Lewis Cat. How are you doing, Luke? Congratulations. Yeah, good, mate. Thank
3: you. yeah, cheers mate, thank yeah. you very much. When did you,
1: when did you pop the question and, and why did you not ask Simon Church?
3: Well, you know, last Saturday I had to do something to get over the international break, didn't I? Something to fill the gap of having no Charlton last weekend. So yeah, last weekend I did it, it was really nice, really, really nice. It feels very strange and yeah. lots of, uh, can, lots can, of things just, to start Just while we're on the about.
1: subject, can we have confirmation of what football team she supports?
3: Oh, let's not go there, Lou. We you know, a... you know this isn't good. It's,
2: no, so I, I'd like to know this. Actually, I'd really <laughs> like to know. This. I'm sure all our listeners would and would like also Look, yeah, explanation on how how it actually happened like this.
3: Please, yeah. Tell un- unfortunately, she does support Crystal Palace, which is uh, it's a real sore subject. Let's be honest. But I think the Charlton result affects her life a lot more now. Um, so hopefully, she starts seeing the light now that now that I've popped the question. Maybe she'll uh, she'll start letting go of the rubbish on the other side of south london well, there we go Lewis. Sur- I, 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 heard. I heard
2: i heard i heard though lou i heard that you're um you're actually thinking about getting a crystal palace season ticket next year instead
3: <laughs> never no, <laughs> ch- no chance
2: there we go well was- i am joking for anyone shopping the yeah. daggers or anything well this
1: is lewis's uh, last show of course uh, before he heads off to be married to a palace fan which is r- one of those rules we have about the podcast you're not allowed to be on the show if you are married uh, to a Palace fan. So thanks, Lewis, for, for your time. <laughs> right, so uh, uh, on this evening's show, of course, we will be looking ahead to the uh, the game uh, with Lincoln City looking for back-to-back wins uh, for the first time uh, in the league this season. Obviously, uh, beating Fleetwood just before the international break. Some news as well. We'll see Ronnie Schwartz uh, leaving. We'll hear from uh, Nigel Atkins on that uh, rather briefly shortly. Hear about where he thinks sort of the... Uh, That the side is sitting at the moment how he thinks they've come back from the international break we'll discuss a little bit a little bit of maths as well i mean we heard from johnny jackson during the international break after the game Against Southampton Under Twenty Ones in the in the JPT or whatever it's called now the Pizza Trophy uh, about whether he thinks we can go up. So I've I've got the spreadsheet out and I've done some maths to give you an idea of of what I think we need to do. So we'll discuss that. Uh, we're also going to hear from Mark Wiley uh, from the Lincolnshire Echo uh, on the Imps start to the season. So I think we'll start with with Ronnie. Uh, the the big news uh, this week, of course, uh, that Ronnie Schwartz uh, has had his contract. Uh, terminated mutual agreement uh, presumably heading back to Denmark or, or wherever he wants to do but obviously never really worked out for him uh, but let's hear very briefly uh, what Nigel Atkins had to say upon the departure uh, of the striker yeah first
4: of all it's uh, you know we wish uh, Ronnie all the best you know he's a good guy obviously it's not worked out and uh, obviously the club's come to a, a mutual agreement Ronnie and hopefully he can move on to uh, bigger and better things for himself.
1: There we go. Not a man of many words, uh, Nigel Atkins. when it comes to talking about Ronnie. Obviously, just, just wishing him the best, basically, uh, Nathan. And, well, w- w- what can you say? I mean, been here for not, not, not a year, less than a year. Um, scored on his second game off the bench. Didn't really, unfortunately, ha- have a chance to do much more after that. Now, there'll be plenty of questions as to why that is. Um, but I mean, safe to say. I mean, in terms of a of a transfer, looking at the football side of it, it's been an absolute disaster.
2: Yeah, we've had a few of them, haven't we? But um, <clears throat> a shame, really, because I think pedigree-wise, he probably had something there. But I mean, when you look at, it, if you sit back and look at it, and obviously um, he's not fit now; he's injured, probably till what did he say? A couple of months, didn't he? Uh, so it's Christmas, then he gets back up to fitness, in you're January. Um, I can't imagine him being the cheapest on the wage bill. Um, obviously I don't know how much he earns but I don't think he's going to be a couple of hundred quid a week Put it that way um, and yeah so then you've got to make a decision really is it worth paying sort of dead money really or just pay it up and then maybe see where we are in January and go again and maybe get a replacement in because he's not really been you know fit since he came here really we we knew or both said that he was he needed to get back to fitness and he couldn't he couldn't get into the team because we were playing quite well with the tail the last season with Chucks and and uh and the form that we were in. So he couldn't get in and he came back, then he had a sort of issue over pre season, we got married and COVID or whatever. Um and it's just not really worked out for him. So disappointing but it's not gonna be the first. We've seen many of them before and um yeah, just, you know, wish him well. Don't know any ill harm on him, but it's just one of those things.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, Lewis, we know he came back this summer with uh, that unspecified personal issue, which obviously we, we, we can't and we, and we wouldn't delve into. Um, so it was a difficult summer for him and he, and he did come back late. But, I mean, even towards the end of last season, he, he played 10 minutes under Nigel Lakin, so it's clear that he was never in the manager's plans. Um, obviously, he came in under a different manager. Um, and you may have seen what, what Richard had to say, Richard Corley, about... I mean, you know, Bo was obviously... Pointed in the direction of of Ronnie Schwartz by Thomas Sangard. I think that's well known, but at the same time, Bo did sort of sort of like what he saw, so it's not entirely the the owner's decision for him to come here, but at the same time uh you know maybe I wonder if thomas will will, will sort of look back at this as maybe a a learning situation, leave the scout into the scouts, leave the football to the to the more footballing side of the business,
3: yeah, I think he has to I mean there was a certain buzz around Ronnie when he came in because he did have that pedigree you know he's a bit of a more experienced older player um had a fairly decent record um when he played abroad uh you know came over and really did come with some plaudits and, and he obviously scored in his was it his second game wasn't it rescored against Rochdale and i think there are a few promising signs but i think he just kind of wilted off didn't see him a huge amount at the end of last season, as you say. I think it was that 10-minute spell under Nigel. We missed the penalty um, at Oxford that could have won us a game. And then, as you say, he's had a really difficult summer um, with personal issues, which, you know, none of us really know about. And, you know, that's just what it is. Um, and, yeah, n- never really been in and around the picture at all um, this season. And obviously with the injury as well, It's it would have further delayed any any comeback if he was to come back in that first-team picture. You know, and none of us see what happens behind closed doors or what's going on in Ronnie's personal life. I know that when he came over, he, he had to leave his family behind in Denmark um, because of all the COVID restrictions, moved at a very difficult time um, and then had the summer to get married and everything. So he's obviously had a lot going on in his own life um, and maybe our expectations of him at the time were were much higher. And, and those two things put together a, a, a just a bit of a nasty concoction, really. And, you know, with our bad start to the season as well. I think we were looking like, oh, we've got Ronnie Schwartz, where is he? Where is he? And he became not a bit of a, not a scapegoat, but people were sort of just sort of making a mockery that he wasn't around, wasn't in that first team picture. And sort of the comparisons to like the Mikel Alonso's or the Omar Puso sort of signings that we've made in the past that have come over with a a bit of a, you know, reputation and, and expectation and haven't really hit the heights And for whatever reason, that's happened with Ronnie. And, you know, all we can do is wish him the very best. And and I hope his next career move works out for him and he gets back to playing football and and gets back to being a lot happier again. Um, And, you know, I'm sure he leaves with most Charlton fans' well wishes because at the end of the day, he hasn't done anything wrong. It's just not worked for him. He's had a lot going on off the pitch and maybe a move away is what's best for him at, at this moment in time. So I wish him all the very best.
1: Yeah Ronnie did uh take to Instagram today actually to uh t- to thank Charlton fans for their support. Uh, I guess he never would have actually played in front of any Charlton fans, but obviously through social media and that he says, my time at Charlton's come to an end. Thanks to all the players, staff, and all the people at the club. I'll be forever grateful for the chance to play in such a big club like Charlton. I'm gutted that it didn't work out. Special thanks to all the Charlton fans for the support. I will remember that forever. Uh, that's it for me. All the best to Charlton in the future. Up the addicts. That's from Ronnie Schwartz. Right, uh, so Ronnie's left, uh, but those of us who are still at the Valley watching, uh, supporting, and playing uh hoping that we can... Build a little bit of momentum now. Obviously, it's been a dreadful start to the season. Nine points uh, after 11 games. We're still in that relegation zone. Um, That win before the international break, big for us up at Fleetwood. A a better performance, not a perfect performance by any stretch of the imagination, but certainly a better performance, a a 2-1 win. Uh, Obviously, then going into the international break in terms of of league games, but we did play a, a very strong team in the... Papa John's trophy game against Southampton as well. I think when when I worked it out, there was only two players uh, in that 11 who hadn't started a league game this season. In fact, there were 48 starts between the remaining nine. So players who've started plenty of league games between them uh, this season involved in that one. So a morale-boosting win for those who did play, obviously, albeit against a a very young Southampton side. Um, I guess now the importance is that we build upon that and that we take some momentum into the next few games so Nigel Atkins had his press day today with Terry Uh, he was asked sort of where the squad is sitting now
4: I'm really pleased where we are at this moment in time in respect of the size of the squad of players who are now available to play what we class as 90 minutes football looking at Saturday Tuesday Saturday we've had to navigate our way through the last period but we're in a far stronger position now and likewise we're growing and we're building that's the important thing and, uh, you know, the, there's a lot of good work going on at the football uh, training ground um, to put ourselves in a position to try and win more games of football. And obviously, we, we now enter a good week where we've got a journey up to Lincoln, we've got Accrington at home on the Tuesday, and then the journey up to Sunderland. So three real challenging games. Um, we're on the road. I know we're going to get great support with um, the fans travelling to get behind us. So We really appreciate that. And, you know, we're looking forward to the games that we have got.
5: We travelled to Lincoln, you just mentioned. Um, they were just above us in the table, three points uh, above us in the table. Uh, the victory up at Fleetwood, and, and this is why I, was on our, why I was before about being different, because it was an away victory uh, on our travels um, in the last league, and must give uh, both the, the squad and, and, and yourself uh, a lot more confidence. A huge amount of confidence going into this one.
4: Well, when you talk about the squad, obviously uh, a group played against uh, Fleetwood and won, as you rightly say, very well. And then another group played against Southampton. So we got a big squad and they won very well there. Uh, so, from our point of view, everyone's been playing, and it's now here. Can we put ourselves in a situation where we can be a little bit more consistent in what we're doing? Um, so, yeah. we're looking forward to
5: it. Again, you mentioned uh, just now about uh, we go to Lincoln and we've got Accrington on another long trip on Saturday, uh, Saturday afterwards. Uh, it's a very re- a very busy restart to the, to the schedule. Um, is that a good thing? Because uh, you know, the Sun will in a great stadium I've got it's, uh, it's, it's a stadium aligned give everybody buzz I suspect is it a good thing that you, you know, we've got three games in quick succession
3: after an international
4: break but would have preferred it a little bit more well, uh, it, we've obviously util- I think we've utilised the time well because the international break we haven't had a game to prepare for as such so we've been able to get some good training on the training ground and uh, so I've been pleased about that the application of all the players and the staff, so that's been pleasing. But now we run the what League One is, you know. It's uh, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. It's relentless, and we enter this week now with three teams who anticipate to be right at the top at the end of the season. We obviously uh, we beat Lincoln last season when uh, when I took over. We beat Lincoln at our place, so we know how what a challenging game that's going to be. We beat Sunderland up at uh, Roke Ro- is it Roker Park oh, Stadium, I'm of I'm alive. There we go. Uh, but that was with no fans the fans will make a hell of a difference you know so obviously they've started the season very well and accrington Stanley is always a difficult game home or away you know Coley John Coleman does a great job there and you've got to be at it because they certainly will and they'll they'll pose certain problems so we've got three real interesting challenging fixtures but from our point of view we're building we're growing we've got a big group of players who just highlighting there we've only got Jake fawcett who was injured last year uh, and Ryan Innes, who's picked up his, his thigh injury unavailable for selection so from our point of view managing a big squad of players now we're in a far better position than what we were several weeks ago
1: There we go, that's Nigel um, lots to take in there but I mean the most important thing for me Nathan out of that is obviously now and he did hint about this after the, the defeat against Bolton before then going on to make five changes at Fleetwood but he's saying now that as far as he's concerned pretty much that the players are all in a situation where they can go 90 minutes, and, and they can play Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. Um, and, and and again, we've spoken about this this rotation and, and this pre-season and getting players up to scratch, and, and it will have played its part in us being poor this season, although, you know, obviously the players and, and the manager will still have to admit that they, they should be higher anyway. Um, but it's important now that we, we, we start to see a much more settled side. Surely now it comes, it comes to the fore that, that we have to be settled and, and make sure we can get some consistencies and learning about each other and that organisation of playing a, a more settled side as well
2: yeah 100% I think we've I think after the, the Fleetwood game um, it was a you know it was a case of for me it was it was our strongest side um, that I think we had available to us but I wouldn't really change much I think the balance looked good um, obviously players were playing well We've got obviously Leko was dangerous but yeah, as you say, I think to to climb up that table now we need, um, have it, you know, it's a new squad still. Like we seem to have every single year or every single season. Um, they need to start getting used to partnerships. You know, it's it's not easy changing centre halves all the time. Or, you know, even for Craig, who's been in goal, you know, and been absolutely brilliant so far. It'd be nice for him to have a settled team, so he, you build relationships. You know, you have that cohesion and. Um, I think it's it's time now we do that. He sh- surely by now he'll know his best 11. Um there'll be a little maybe a, a tinker here or there through you know injuries or suspension or tactical ones which is fine but you want your spine or you want your core players to be on that you know if they're fit play them because I don't think many teams will win a league by changing their team every single week because it doesn't bring that consistency and for us to make a surge which we will probably come to later is you're going to need that and Without that, you're just gonna, you don't know who's gonna turn up. I mean, sometimes it's good because you can go, oh, well, you know, that the opposition ain't gonna know how you play, but then neither do yourself, you know, nor the 11 people that, 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 that are gonna be playing the game. So I think it's important that we do get a settled side now just so we can try and build a bit of momentum. Um, and you know what, if, if someone does make a statement mistake, don't have to drop them the, the next game because, again, you just... Because otherwise then people will start to get nervous of making mistakes and they might not try that pass. So what they'll do is they'll go safe and go long or just clip it in the channel, you know? So we just need to be a little bit braver and um, hopefully we can get that settled aside that I think all of us are craving for.
1: Yeah, I mean, do, do you think there will be any sort of semblance of momentum that could be picked up from that that win at Fleetwood? And, and obviously the positive aspects of it, you know, Jonathan Leco. Uh, being being one of those more tricky players, uh, I think we we created a number of chances uh, at Fleetwood, particularly in the first half. Obviously, um, didn't give up as many chances as we had in other games. There were still, like I say, a couple of moments, but we we certainly had sort of sharpened up a little bit. But you know that was two weeks ago, um, and obviously as I've mentioned, the Papa John's game. I don't know the Pizza Cup. I don't know if you if you can take anything from those two. I mean, when they were so so sort
2: of so far in the distance. Yeah, I think with, um... it's hard because, yeah, you can't really, for the Pizza Cup, you can't really take a lot from it. But I think just playing people in a position that they know well. So, Gilby, for example, may not have had, you know, played, may have played a deep a different role than he did against Fleetwood than maybe he did against, I don't know, Sunderland away last year or when he was a bit more advanced. But I just think that balance with him and Art are there, you know, Art can do the, you know, they do the dirty side of the work, he's agile enough um i know ben watson can pass the ball but he's not agile enough for me to be in there and you're going to need someone alongside him and if you do that you're going to need dobbo with him but then you lose that little bit of that little bit of now that little bit of cleverness you know so um yeah we need i I think that's the main thing really is just playing people where you know where they're used to and where their attributes suit our play and i think uh, we i know yeah it was a bit hairy towards the end of the game um but it just seemed like we were a bit more settled, you know. It's, you, you just knew. You looked at that starting line, and you go, "Yeah, that's a that's a good little team that." And we just, we obviously spoke about where well, you just need that momentum just to keep grinding it out, and who knows where it can lead us? Because winning breeds confidence, doesn't it? So. Just keep playing it, and then just see see where we get to. But I wouldn't change anything drastically because you're not going to get anywhere.
1: I mean, I mean, one thing, Lewis. I think one person who has certainly benefited from the fact that we had an international break is Nigel Atkins, because obviously we know how how sort of toxic it was getting for him, and and, and based upon results, probably deservedly so. Um, up up until um, you know that that win at Fleetwood, and then a couple of weeks just to. Put space between him and and you know, hasn't been as relentless with with the disappointments and whatnot. So it has given him this little bit of space to rebuild. But I guess you know, try take yourself to five o'clock on Saturday, and then we're going up to a Lincoln side who don't have the best home record. But you know, we we saw last year they're a good team, and we'll, we'll hear from Mark at Wiley later on as to why they're maybe not quite as good this year. But they're still a decent a decent outfit. You know, go go to five o'clock Saturday, and we've lost this game two three nil. Then all, all of a sudden, you know, it it, it hasn't. Yeah, you know, Nigel hasn't bought himself that much room just with one win yet, has he?
3: No, he hasn't, and I think as you say the the breaks benefited him because we had so many sort of gains back to back and the disappointments followed quite quickly. Um, you know, the Bolton game especially um off the back of a defeat at the weekend very 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 toxic. Um given the the volume of that defeat as well um at home against a side that's come up from league 2 you know that was probably the lowest of the low so far um so to follow that up with a victory on the road it you know it it's going to help definitely it would have it would have put a bit of confidence into the squad and the players and to nigel as well he's had that time now um with a week off you know two weeks of training with the players and and trying to sort of build off that momentum and that positivity and hopefully that will filter through in training because i think we've discussed this before where we beat crew and then was it crew we beat? And then we had the international break um, and then went on and lost again. So there's got to be a reaction this time. And I think, as you say, come five o'clock, if, if we've not got three points on the board and and we've performed poorly again, then I I think it will very quickly revert to the way it was before the break uh, and before that Fleetwood game, because ultimately we're we're still in a very sticky situation when, when you look at the league table and, We've got a lot of ground to make up if we're going to be serious promotion contenders this year and fans are going to want to see results. You know, it was a positive display at Fleetwood. There were some real positive uh, individual performances from the likes of Jonathan Lecko. I thought Alex Gilby and Harry Arte played really well in that game. And these are people now that are, are starting to get up to speed. You know, Lecco, we know he can do it. Um, and we've seen him sort of tail off in, in a few games And Saturday was one of those games where he was outstanding throughout the entire game and, and completely unplayable. And if we can keep that Jonathan Lecco working through, then he's going to be you know an outstanding player at this level, which is really going to help us. And on paper, that team shouldn't be where it is, but it is for a reason. And it's that the performances haven't been good enough. And whether that's down to players not, not gelling or not being fully fit, I think some of it will come down to that because of how late we reacted in the window. But also some of the blame has to fall on the shoulders of the players and on the shoulders of the coaching team because it's not been good enough. Some of the tactics have been lazy and it's down to us to get out of that position now. So yes, we had a positive win at Fleetwood on the Saturday. We have to react by not having that continued momentum by having the international break and not playing last weekend. And we've got to somehow, you know, stretch that uh, that continuity and that positivity over from Fleetwood to Lincoln on Saturday. And then we've got another game Tuesday and then a difficult trip up to Sunderland. So it, it'll be very quick. You know, I, I think these next three games are huge. They're against all against tough opposition. Two of them on the road, one of them at home again at the Valley under the lights. So I think these next three games will speak volumes for, for where we go from here after a disappointing start.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean Nathan, then in a week's time, so after we've played those three sides, so starting with Lincoln, Aquington, then Sunderland, I mean... That that could I mean if if we get four points then it probably just sort of be a bit of a meandering a long one but if we, if we get one or, or zero or if we get nine I mean I think we'll know a lot about where the season's going to go um and, and what the future will hold for Nigel Atkins at that point because if we get one or zero then again I, I think we'll, we'll we'll certainly be in that sort of realm where fans will certainly be calling for his head and again Thomas will think he's got a massive
2: decision to make in in the next few days yeah I think we, obviously if you're looking at that you know the next three games, I think. Yeah, for me, I know they are two. You know, we've got a away game. And I put obviously Lincoln and Sunderland, but you really you got to be looking at six points for me. I mean, you could probably, you know, maybe right off one of the games, maybe the Sunderland game because. But you know, they got they got pumped by Portsmouth the other day. So nothing's given in this league, you know. So, but I think yeah, if you're getting zero or one point. Um, you're in a bit of bother, really, because they're not all that hard work that we did with Fleetwood. Because remember, Fleetwood still got game in hand. So if we lose that and Fleetwood win, and then they got another game in hand, it's all undone from last week. So um, yeah, we've, we're not out of the woods yet. Um, but I think there was enough signs on against Fleetwood that you know hopefully we can we can go on a little run now and just keep the pressure on a little bit because what you don't want to do is early doors is get cut away, um, and that's what I mean. If we lose on Saturday, Fleetwood win, they then you know 4 points clear with a game in hand and it's back to square one again um and yeah it will the pressure will be on the pressure one's in the pressure is on him now um, He knows that you know he's been a long he's been, you know he's been in the game long enough he's not an idiot um but yeah so literally just one game at a time for me but i think if you're looking at anything less than 4 points then it's going to be a long season i'm not saying we're going to be down there the whole season but we could, i think less than four points over the next three games barring by some sort of unbelievable form um, then it looks like we're going to be sort of aiming for the top half of the table not the uh, the the top 12 of the table not the top six so um, yeah it's going to be an important game but listen it's, it's football and um, we're, just because we're Charlton and we've got a few good players it doesn't give us a divine right that we deserve to be at the topping in the table because our performance is not showing it
1: mm, certainly not right let's open up the floor then to some of the supporters who have emailed in uh the show or tweeted as well dominic uh, says hi lads uh, i don't feel 100 percent confident going into lincoln i felt really positive last time uh, after the last international break thinking the break would restart our season but it went uh, the opposite way yeah you'll remember we came back obviously against cheltenham and dreadful inside the first sort of half an hour or so and then uh yeah never really got back into it Uh, have a bad feeling it'll be the same again would love to be proven wrong Uh, and the lads are re-energized and kick start as we can't afford another run or I genuinely will feel uh, we will be in a relegation uh, battle this season regarding Ronnie I'm pleased to see him go as he was never going to return to the team it frees up wages for January it's a shame it didn't work out though uh, as I had high hopes for him good show lads Uh, keep it up yeah cheers Uh, Dom Phil says uh, hi guys shame that we've had to wait two weeks since our victory over Fleetwood Uh, but good that the squad players got a valuable out in the pizza trophy couldn't personally understand the criticism uh, of the team selection as I named nine of the outfield players uh, as they were not getting those regular minutes prior to the game and had no doubt we'd gone as close as possible to the Saturday team uh, when we had to call on the other players and they weren't up to speed Uh, though those same Wingers would have been saying why didn't he pick those players in the pizza trophy unbelievable Uh, disappointed that Ronnie has left the club uh, but I wonder whether he felt it was too big for him in the third tier Uh, well I do wonder if that decision was made for him by the fact he wasn't getting anywhere near the team Uh, watched the under 23s versus Derby and I felt that Deji had the worst game I've seen him play at any level do you think his head has been turned by the speculation and his heart is no longer in it for the club I think he should stay and get more experience before considering a move or he will end up in Cyprus like Diego Poye. Uh, the agents need to start giving good sensible advice to their players rather than just trying to line their own pockets and uh, need a good result on Saturday to keep us moving in the right direction uh, and I feel we have a realistic chance of three points yeah Deji uh, uh, little way interesting one isn't it um Lewis obviously I, I saw I think I saw the links with West Ham was it I saw it but I, I don't know how uh, how serious that link is but um I mean Obviously, we haven't gotten secured into a contract I know Richard uh, did ask uh, Nigel about that and he'll be on on the back paper of uh, on the back page of tomorrow's SLP so by the time most of you are listening you would have seen the quotes uh, so we'll sort of hold on to see what Nigel says uh, because I haven't got the full quotes in front of me but um, certainly uh, I mean uh, we've been bitten before haven't we on young players who all of a sudden turn out to be quite good and we haven't gotten secured on a deal so we'll be hoping that uh, we can, but I guess if you're in Deji's boots, where he sort of was doing okay towards last season, obviously played part of that team that got into the under-18s PLD2 final, um, but I remember in those two games, he didn't actually set the welder alight, so I wasn't thinking, oh, we've got an absolute real star here, but all of a sudden, he's kicked on, and now we're left in a position where we don't have him, so it'd be very disappointing if we lose him, but I guess the player also has a degree of power in this one as well, doesn't he, Lewis?
3: Yeah, he does, um, and like you, I think it'd be a real shame if, if we don't manage to keep hold of him. Uh he's still very, very young and as you say, I think I watched that game with you um in the the under eighteens game. And, and I do think that there were moments where I thought he looked good, but also moments where, like you say, didn't really set the world alight and then he's just kicked on in pre season and really impressed and you know, he's not really been in and around our first team pitcher um since we've bulked the squad out a bit more, you know, with Sam Lavelle coming in and stuff. But I thought maybe with the injury to Ryan Ennis, we might see him make a few more matchday squads, and we haven't. Um, so yeah, it's a difficult one because ultimately, as a young player, you want to play for some of the biggest clubs, and you know, it, I think you have to be very smart about your move because you know, uh, I think the tweet there said about Diego Poya He's you know, he's a great example of he went over to West Ham after what was a really decent half season with us, winning Player of the Year. Um, in that season that we stayed up under Jose Rigo he was a standout performer very impressive and you almost think well, what would have been if he'd have stayed for one more season and just played a full season in the championship with a much better side would it have worked out for him because ultimately he went to West Ham it didn't work for him there he had a couple of loan spells one back with us where he was nowhere near the player that, we, that we'd that uh, let go uh, and the career withered off and I don't think he even plays football anymore so you know, you have to be careful and, and as the person says there, you have to, you know, sort of rely on the agents to give good advice. But sadly, they, they only care about one thing. Um, so, yeah, it would be interesting to see what Nigel says on the subject tomorrow. Um, but of course, I'd love Deji to stay because I think that he's in the best place to develop because given the injury record of, of Ryan Innes and, and Jason Pearce coming towards the end of his career, he's probably got a better opportunity here to play first team football. And, and if he does develop and grow and move on to a bigger side, Uh, in the future, then so be it. But I think it'd be very premature of him to move now because he's still so young.
1: Excellent stuff. Right, next email comes from my very own chef, uh, Mark Newbury. He says, hi, guys, just a quick one uh, from your favourite chef. I was like, oh, did Nigella Lawson somehow get Mark's phone and send an email? But anyway, he says, I think uh, Roddy uh, was a bit unlucky. Uh, he's a decent finisher, but we never played to his strengths. I remember him coming on and not touching the ball for 15 minutes. Hard to impress uh, on five to 10 minutes showing. Uh, agree with another listener. If he was never in Nigel's plans, then why not cancel in the summer and bring a fourth striker in? Wish him well with his wife uh and a new child um yeah uh, i mean i guess we, you know sometimes if a player's on a what was he on a three and a half year contract when he came in or two and a half years i mean it's not always easy just to cancel i mean you have to come to an agreement and 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 i dare say that ronnie would have been paid off um which is why it would have probably felt like a bit of an expensive error uh but it's not always easy to, to cancel to cancel deals like that and and, and i wonder if uh Oh, who knows? Maybe Nigel was willing to give him the the, the pre-season to see if he can get up to scratch, and and he never did. Right, Mickey uh, says, Hi, guys. I don't think Schwartz was ever really given a decent chance. It might have been a different story if the keeper at Oxford had gone the other way and he'd scored. Such fine lines in football. Good luck uh, to Ronnie. I mean, did did he get enough of a chance for you, um, Nathan? I mean, obviously, the manager sees him every day in training. You know, it's... I, I guess mm. when, when when he's not even getting anywhere near the squads, you've you've got to suggest that, that maybe whatever they saw he it wasn't wasn't really working for him.
2: Well, I mean, if you look at like the, you know, look at last year um, when you know when Bo was here, you had you had Jaden who was doing well, and then we were bringing Chucks off who was doing well. So, and there weren't really many times we were going to play with three forwards on the pitch. Um, and so in, when Bo was here, did he not get a fair chance? Well, no, not really. But that wasn't because we were playing well and we just weren't playing him. It's just that he couldn't get in the team and that's football. But um, did he not get a fair chance when Nigel is here? Probably, you know, because to a, to a, when Nigel came in, he was there. But then again, so was Chucks and and Jaden. So... Last season, yeah, he didn't get a fair crack of the whip. But then, I don't think anyone would have said, "No, we won't play Jaden, or we won't bring on Chucks, or vice versa, to, just to bring Ronnie on," because like, what, what they didn't exactly do anything wrong. Um, so yeah, I just, I just think it's one of those times where it's just not worked out. I mean, the similar ones where we had, uh, you know, we had you know, eyes McLeod who come come here with pedigree and it didn't work out for him. And yeah, I just think that you, should, you get them in football. Every club has them. It's not worked out, it's expensive, it's costly, um, but it's it's football, you know, it's not going to be the last one, we might have one next season, there's every season that you're going to have a player that comes with high hopes or, and he just doesn't turn it on, um, and it just happens, so I wouldn't say he hasn't been given a fair chance, I just think it's probably powers out of people's control, especially with the pre-season thing this season, like, listen, if... if if things went differently and he was here whole pre-season, had a good pre-season, was fit, was raring to go and he was on the bench every single game and we were playing poorly like we have done and we've not utilised him at all, then yeah, I could probably see that where we've not really utilised him or given him a fair chance. But I wouldn't say he's not been given a fair chance from when he first came in, no, because he yeah. wasn't fit. No.
1: Right, Spenny says, uh, if Schwartz was never in Adkins' plans then why didn't we try and bring in a forward uh, in the summer? I mean, yeah, loads of... Uh hope I guess pinned on on Josh Davison at that time which I, I would have thought was a bit outrageous but actually seeing how Josh has done since then you'd have to say he's done quite well um alan says have to take the game to lincoln on saturday and if we don't score and if we do score first uh, don't just sit on the lead need to follow it up uh, the Fleetwood win with another three points and keep it going to have any chance of turning uh, this season around i feel for ronnie uh, as there was a finisher there uh, but he has to be personal uh, it has to have been the personal issues that were involved pjn says no excuses for nigel now uh, he had a lot of time to work with the vast majority of his squad uh, he's even said that the fitness is now okay he shouldn't be making uh, the level of changes that we've seen of late. Uh, if he wants to settle side, he needs to prove it. Uh, yeah, he certainly does. Um, It's interesting, isn't it? Like that that was, you know, w- whenever I've been asked about how the season's gone in various different places, um, Lewis, I, obviously to try and be balanced, you say, well, Charlton haven't played well. that That's a fact. But also there has been this this lack of fitness and stuff. I mean, Nigel said now that that's sorted. So he, he has lost that's his excuse gone now and he has to make sure that the team deliver on a pitch.
3: Yeah, he does because, as we say there, the changes were something that were coming into question quite a lot. And when you do see every week a different side coming out, you know, six to seven changes every time, it is hard to build up that sort of, as we said earlier, partnerships with strikers or partnerships with centre-halves or a relationship between goalkeepers and centre-halves. It, it becomes difficult because ultimately like you, you build an understanding with that player and you build an understanding to that system and the system that you're playing. And we've not been able to do that because we've just chopped and changed because it's almost like, oh, we try that, it doesn't work, change it. Try that, it doesn't work, change it constantly. Um, and it, it's sort of knocked us for six in terms of any kind of stability. And I think, as I think Nave said earlier, that that team that we put out against Fleetwood was probably our strongest side and the most settled. When I looked at that team, thought, okay, if we don't win this, there's a real problem because it, in, in my head that is our best eleven throughout. And uh, you know we did manage to go and win it, which is great. So as Nigel has said, now if if the issues surrounding player fitness or, or sharpness is is going away, and, and this and this two week break has helped us, um, you know, build up the fitness of players and be able to give people more game time and and manage their game time a lot better then as you say that excuse goes away so it's going to be really interesting to see one how we line up on saturday because off the back of a victory does he change it uh and two if we if we do come out and perform and, and if we don't how quickly does that change if we if we don't get a result saturday what happens come tuesday and what happens comes under them with the team um as well as with nigel so yeah it's it's interesting and, it, and it's going to be interesting i honestly these next three games i do think they're, they're the biggest three and i think it will determine whether we we move forward with Nigel or we don't if if we don't get a decent set of results out of these three I think that will pretty much you know right as we said earlier that will determine where we end up this season and what we do going forward
1: Excellent stuff Right let's have a quick break when we come back obviously we'll continue to look ahead to Saturday's trip up to Lincoln and uh, I've got my spreadsheet out we're going to do the maths to try and work out where we are in the promotion race
3: It's that time of the year
0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash
4: weightloss.
1: Good challenge by Gunter and Charlie for here. It's three on two.
2: John Seeming switches the play across to Washington. Washington, pull forward to
4: Stockley. Can he get there? Stockley, still with it. Jaden Stockley!
2: attack from the Addicts. Washington, calm composed on the ball. Fast forward to Stockley who just let the ball run across him takes it past Jessica Lernan and finishes.
5: Charlton Live
1: Welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. Just before the break there, I uh, asked the question, where are we uh, in the promotion race? Which is uh, well, a bit cheeky to be asking that question. We're in the relegation zone really, but... Um, it was asked to Johnny Jackson actually after after the the pizza trophy game against Southampton under twenty ones. Uh, Richard asked Johnny, "You know what? What do Cheltenham have to do to get back into the promotion race?" Um, so I mean, let's let's hear let's hear Johnny's answer, uh, and then I'm going to delve into my spreadsheets and, and I'll see if I can work it out afterwards as well.
5: Well, it's not going to be easy because we've give ourselves a bit of a hill to climb, and it's the it's probably the toughest league one that I that I can remember. To be honest with you. The amount of good size in there and the competitive nature of it, so it won't be easy. But I think we've got, I think we've got enough good players and enough spirit about us um, that we can start winning games of football. I think the lads believe that. They know that they've under, underperformed. We all know that. We've, we've all underperformed as a football club, uh, and we all want to put it right. And I see them every day, and you know, I have conversations with them, and I, I, I genuinely think that they believe that that we can turn it around, we can go on a run. I think you saw, you know, a few shoots of that on Saturday. I think the the performance was improved, could obviously be much better, but it was improved. I think we looked a little bit more solid defensively and I feel like we're always going to score a goal. So, you know, Jaden coming on and scoring the winner this time, he's found himself out the side. Now he's come, come off the bench to score a winner. I think it's just getting that victory felt like a big lift. Um, we need to use that now as a platform. We can't just be a one off. We can't go on a on another drawing losing run because then the gap will be too far. At the minute it's not unsurmountable, is it? But mm. you know, we have to we have to start putting a winning run together. We have to uh, and if you do that, if you win four and about four out of five, five out of six, you'll find yourself pretty quickly climbing that table and and closing the gap. We just need to make sure that it doesn't get any bigger than where it is now. And you you know, Hopefully, you can just slowly start clawing it away. But obviously, we've given ourselves a bit of a job to do.
1: Johnny Jackson there, obviously, saying that, you know, we have given ourselves a hell of a a job to do, Nathan. Um, Yeah, we're in the relegation zone at the moment. Um, We're we're, we're currently on, after 11 games, we're on nine points. Uh, Milton Keynes, uh, after 11 games, they're sick, we're on 19 points. So, they're 10 10 points ahead of us. Uh, So, it's a 10-point gap to make up, which is obviously... We, at this stage of the season is obviously doable. It's more it's more sort of like, I, I thought an interesting way to try and work it out would, would be to look at the sort of average amount of points that you need to pick up in order to get to the playoffs. So I've looked at the last eight seasons that have gone uh, to completion in League One. So obviously cutting out the, the COVID season where, where they called it off sort of two thirds of the way through. Uh, and the average points of the team... Uh, that finished in sixth is, is just under 73. So we're calling it 73 points. Um, the highest is is 74. Pretty much every season, it's either been 74, 73, um, a couple of 70, or maybe 171. And there was one outlier where it was a 69 points as well. So you're looking at roughly about 73 points to get into the playoffs. So we, we've played nine games. Sorry, we've played 11 games and got nine points. So that um, leaves us with thirty five games left to play, um to to, to reach that, that um that magic uh forty no hang on, I've got that is that right? Yeah, forty six yeah, forty six games marked. So thirty five games left to play, having played eleven. Um so I'm looking at that, so I'll try to put that into real terms. So of course, I mean, if we won twenty one point three games, we'd we'd get up to that seventy four points. But obviously I think it's probably a bit unrealistic to suggest that we're not gonna draw any games. So um if we we, from that from that 35 if we won 18 and drew 10 i mean does that sound doable and then lost seven from 35 i mean obviously considering we've already lost six from 11 to to then to to lose only one more in the remaining 35 does sound like a big ask when you when i put it down in mathematics like that does it sound doable still to you
2: yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah, I think it's doable, but it's again, it's, a, it's going to be a Herculean effort to do it. Um, look at last season. Oxford, after 11 game had nine points. They lost eight games, won three, and they were 12 points away from Plymouth, who ended up finishing 18th, and Oxford back reached the playoffs. So you can do it, but you're going to have to start doing it soon, <laughs> if that makes sense. So, But I think, yeah, anything's doable, and I think like every team in this league, even like... You know, Plymouth, Wickham, Sunderland, they're beatable teams. No one in this league is unbelievable. I mean, last year you had Hull, you know, you were sort of different gravy, really, in Peterborough. Um, but, yeah, I think it's definitely doable. It's just we need to start doing it so, soon. I mean, and I just look at... I always look at, like, previous seasons like you have. And so, I mean, Oxford were literally more or less... Well, they were worse off than us, than we're in. Um, and they managed to do it. Um Blackpool, another one, they started off really slow and then, but they started to win those games a lot quicker. Um, so it's doable but it we can't keep going oh yeah but the next three, the next three because by the time you know it's what nine weeks till Christmas or nine weeks to the end of the year and you're in January then. So we need to start doing it soon. Um, we need to stop conceding goals. We've had what one clean sheet win. Um, so... Yeah, I think it's doable, mate. But it's gonna need us to start turning it on a little bit and starting to get get consistency starting from now, really, before we run out of games.
1: Yeah, and that power of momentum, Lewis, is obviously important. I mean, Jacko's talking about if we, if we can go on a four-five game winning run or five out of seven-seven, maybe winning winning run, then all of a sudden, obviously, you've taken you've you've taken five off that total of, of eighteen that you need to win. You know, there'd still be if we I mean, if we can do it in the next five games there'll still be 30 games to get to get the remaining sort of 12 wins which which will sound more doable so all of a sudden it can change very quickly but it's about looking as towards the signs as well I guess as to whether we think it will and you know we we'll take a couple of positives from the fact we were better at Fleetwood and you know obviously the remaining 20 minutes of the of the, the, the final 20 minutes of the game against Bolton was dreadful and, and, and highlighted where we really are soft at, at the back and and seems to be lacking a bit of belief, but there were some spells before that that were quite good in that game. We had a good second half against Portsmouth, a good first half against Gillingham. So it's just clinging on to that and just thinking, can we turn those spells into results that can go on my spreadsheet?
3: Yeah. I mean, as I said earlier, it's like, it's all about building that momentum and and how we react now um, off the back of the Fleetwood performance, because it was notably more positive than, than a lot of the others, let's be honest. And, as Jacko said, it, it doesn't take long. Once you get a run in this division, you you could end up anywhere. And, and as Nave said, like Blackpool and Oxford last season started poorly and look where they ended up. You know, it is possible, but like you say there, it, it's the signs as well. It's not just about, you know, are we capable of getting the results? Well, of course we are because anyone is capable of beating anybody in this division, but it's about the signs as well of performances and belief. And, if, if we're you know if we're backed against the wall and we're struggling in a game, have we got it in us to go and nick a one nil like we we did under Boya when we were in League One last time? There were a few performances that were just you know the odd one nil like the Accrington at home game screams out where we maybe didn't play our best and, and still managed to nick the result. And at the moment, is this side capable of doing that? I don't think so, but that remains to be seen because I, that's why I think that this game on Saturday is massive because we've seen a reaction at Fleetwood. We've unfortunately had that break with the internationals and we've got to come back and build on that. And now the excuses are starting to run out with with everything. You know, we've kind of not accepted, but we've we've understood the the reasoning with players not being fit and that's contributed. But now those excuses are wearing thin and we need to see performances and we need to see them quickly because, as you say there, the amount of results that we need to, to propel ourselves up in this division and up where we want to be that gap of and the window of opportunity is becoming smaller and smaller as the weeks go by and we don't pick up the point. So I think, you know, Saturday, as I say, this is, this is a huge game because it ultimately, it will help us see how we can react from positives at, at Fleetwood. And hopefully it's not a repeat of what happened after we beat crew and we came back and, and went on another poor run. So let's see how we go.
1: Let's look ahead then to that game uh, with Lincoln. We've spoken about momentum, haven't we? Well, Lincoln, obviously a club that built up some superb momentum uh, over the course of the last few years as they climbed out of non-league, into League One and got to the playoff final uh, last year. But obviously they lost that. Uh, in the end they remained in league one and uh, they've not had the best of starts better than us but then most people have they are uh, three points ahead of us on 12 uh, sitting in 17th uh, in the table so I wanted to find out what's gone wrong uh, I spoke to Mark Wiley uh, from the Lincolnshire Echo he tells us all about the start to the season for the imps this year yeah
0: it's been a slow and slightly disappointing start it's not been disastrous Um, I think people looking outside might see it as something of a playoff hangover, having done so well last season. I don't really think it is a playoff hangover. I just think it's sort of indicative of where the squad is. The first 11 when everyone's fit is a bit weaker than it was last season. A couple of the key performers were lone players who've gone back to the parent clubs. Um, And they've they've been uh, hamstrung by injuries as well. And that's been a real problem in key areas of the team. So with all that in mind... And plus, with the league being stronger as well, with a lot more money being spent. Um, yeah, it's not, not a massive surprise overall.
1: Mm. I mean, how, how would you have summed up the expectations coming into the campaign? Obviously, off the back of that, that successful one last year, um, were, were the, the, the fans sort of expecting more of the same? Or was there a bit of realism about what to expect this season?
0: I think there's a section of fans who would have been expecting more of the same because I mean, a lot of fans who, who've just been used to watching the team win over the last five years. Um, and, you know, last season was so exciting, not just how they did finish fifth, got to the playoff final, but the brand of football they played. But I think there's been some reservations about the squad in terms of um, the recruitment and, and replacing the players they lost. Um, people like Brennan Johnson, Morgan Rogers, they were such key players, and they're now playing in the championship now. And you, you, you can't replace players like that, particularly Brennan Johnson, who I think for me is going to go all the way to the top of the game. Um, they've had a few setbacks as well in the transfer market. I mean, they are hoping to sign Morgan Rogers from Swansea on deadline day, and that fell through at the last minute. And had another injury to the main striker Tom Hopper, so they're really short of attacking options. So, yeah, I think fans were hopeful. I don't think, I think most were relatively realistic. They weren't expecting them to charge to automatic promotion, but I think I think it's fair to say most most fans were expecting better than what they've seen so far.
1: Mm, and it's been particularly disappointing at on Bank as well. No league wins since the opening day. Why do you think they've sort of struggled at home in particular?
0: Um. I think that times they struggle to break teams down they did actually struggle at times last season that they had the best away record in the division last year and I think they lost them in like nine or 10 games at home last season um they've struggled to unlock teams at times they've looked a little bit toothless so as teams get men behind the ball they've struggled to break through They tend to ignore a counter-attacking team under Michael Appleton and some of the best performances so far, or two of the the two best performances so far, actually, come away from home. Um, There are a few few mitigating circumstances for for some of the home results. I mean, they should have got a draw against Bolton and and the the young rookie goalkeeper made quite an error late on in that game and cost them a goal. Very controversial defeat to Ipswich. There was a blatant push. It was actually mccauley Bond, who scored the goal. It looked like a blatant push. um, And Lincoln should have got something out of that game against Ipswich. Um, uh, To their credit, the last home game against Plymouth, who for me are the best side I've seen so far, they did really well to get a 2-2 draw. It looked pretty bleak. They lost a couple of key players to injury during that game, but they fought back and, and managed to get a draw and could have even nicked it in the end as well. So that gave them a little bit of encouragement going into the international break.
1: Mm. And you mentioned there Michael Appleton, obviously, uh, the manager still. He did have a, a brief spell away during pre-season uh, with illness, but he's back in the dugout now. How is he? Is he still viewed very favourably by, by the Imps fans?
0: Oh, very much so, yeah. I mean, he's, he's done a fantastic job picking up the reins from the, the Cowleys um, it, it took the team to new levels last season I, mean, I think most people would agree what this sort of last season was the best Lincoln team they've seen in at least 40 odd years for the football they played and, and doing it in League 1 and the club hasn't had many seasons in League 1 in, in that time so um, yeah I think the disappointment with some of the results so far some people questioning the recruitment uh, I think it's too early for that to be honest I think you know a few of the players who've come in have had a few injury issues so if they can get those fit um, they should be, looking, uh, should be looking to move up the table. But I think what will be key is ha- what the business they do in January. And they have made a few noises about that, that confident of making some signings quite early on in the window. And, and they certainly need it if they want to push up the table
1: in the second half of mm. the season. I mean, looking ahead to Saturday, I don't know if the current crop, who are the, the men to look out for? Obviously, Anthony Scully has, has been very much in the goals so far. But you know, is, is he one of the main men and, and who else is up there with him?
0: Yeah, Scully's um, been one of the main men so far. He's got 11 in all competitions. He's been a bit hit and miss at times. Um, he's been absolutely sensational at certain points of the season, but um, he also can go missing in games as well, so he'll need to be um, on song. Um, hopefully, Teddy Bishop plays. He Summer signing from Ipswich, he's sort of seen as the uh, key replacement for George Grant, last season's Player of the Year. He went to Peterborough in the summer. Um He's not played much so far. He's had a few fitness issues, but when he's played, he's, he's been quality. And um, if they can get him playing on a regular basis, he'll he'll certainly be um, a player to watch. Uh, defensively, Lewis Monson has had a very good start to the season. He's got a cracking goal against Plymouth last time out and he's a, a threat from um, attacking set-pieces as well in the air. So he, he would be one to uh, look out for as well. And they are hoping to have a few more players back from injury um, having had this break, which is which has come a good time for them.
1: And so looking ahead to Saturday then, I mean, what sort of game do you expect it to be? I think re- you mentioned George Grant's uh, name there. Obviously, he scored that controversial goal <laughs> to open the score in at we' we'll Bank between the two yeah. sides last year. Uh, I mean, obviously, we, we've not been in the best of form. Uh, how do you see Saturday going?
0: I think it'll be tight. I can see one goal either way, exactly. Um, I, I think Lincoln will certainly have benefited from the break. And if they can have a few... Uh, key players back from injury I, I think they could possibly nick it 2-1 1-0 something like that but yeah I think it will certainly be a close one because Shelton need
1: a result as well OK thanks to Mark I mean obviously uh, things have changed for, for Lincoln a little bit lost lost some important players uh, not everyone entirely fit um, but yeah it, it, how how would you see Lincoln Nathan It so someone asked me yesterday, I was doing a Lincoln show, and, and I sort of said, well, at, at some point, you know, that momentum that can take you up through the leagues, at some point it has to sort of level out. And when you've had a difficult start to the season, that's probably the case. I mean, I, I wouldn't expect to see them down there because they've got a goal scorer in, in Scully, who's who's finding the back of the net uh, regularly at the moment. And, and you know, you'd, you'd think they they should have enough to, to stay up, but obviously not being to the, the start to the season, I guess they would have hoped for.
2: No, I think I've been mean, looking at them It just looks like you don't really know what um what team team's going to turn up. I know they beat well they beat Cambridge five one but then they've was beaten heavily and then they've got a couple of draws. and they just look like you don't really i mean what look what's their goal difference minus one what they played played three drawn three lost five so yeah, it looks like they're just a bit inconsistent in inconsistency and they're trying to find that, but they're still a dangerous side. don't get me wrong. I know they lost a couple of players. In summer, uh, a couple of people went back on loan um, to their parent clubs. But it's it's a winnable game. But, yeah, I think mean, you'd probably see them. I mean, to be honest, last year, I was looking at them going, they're going to fall away soon. They're going to fall away soon. Because there was one point where they were storming it, really. And um, they just sort of fell away. And were sort of got beaten in the playoffs, obviously. But, yeah, I don't, I don't really know really how to take them. It just seemed because they, they could be one team that could either, we could batter them 3-0. Or they'll they'll better or they'll better us three 0 or it'll be a three 0 draw a nil 0 draw you don't really know so but I think those games are good you know like I just think we don't really know what's going to happen we don't know what side we're going to turn up yeah is it going to be a Fleetwood one or is it going to be a Cheltenham one um, but I think that's what makes this league interesting and but I just think yeah they're a good solid team this I don't want to be disrespectful, but this sort of a uh, I don't know, like a, just a team that's there, you know, <laughs> just like a Burton or something. They just, just exist. There. That, that's all. That's all we
5: can give you <laughs> on Lincoln. They
2: exist. <laughs> but no, listen. like don't get me wrong. Obviously, they've got some good players, like you said, Scully's there. Um, and yeah, if, I mean, if we don't turn up, they can easily beat us. Uh, yeah. Everyone else has. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, oh <are laughs> yeah. So I'm not taking it for granted by any stretch.
1: Yeah. Uh, look, looking at the the side that beat. Fleetwood, obviously Josh Davison started that one. I can't see Josh getting dropped. Obviously Jaden's come off the bench and scored and got uh got two in, in the midweek, didn't he? He came close to a hat trick but Piercy nicked it. I don't, I don't think he was going anywhere against uh, against Southampton. But I mean I, I I was wondering if we think that, that Jaden and Davison can can play alongside each other, Lewis. I mean, do you think they could? Uh would we go away from that that four, two, three, one sort of formation that's actually Worked all right in terms of attacking play recently, so probably not. But I mean, what would you like to try that with the two of them up top, or, or maybe Davison and and Stockley somehow win that four two three one?
3: Yeah, I mean, it, it always feels harsh dropping uh, Jaden Stockley, especially you know he got his goals in in the uh, in the Pizza Trophy, which to me I know it's kind of insignificant. The, the trophy, people have their opinions of it, whatever. But that's a player that's confidence has been pretty low recently, so to get his goal uh against Fleetwood and then you know get a couple as well midweek that's probably done him a world of good and he's probably had two really positive weeks in training so he might you know might well be knocking at the door saying well I want to be starting now with Josh as well I think his performances have been strong I think he's played well he he moves a little bit more when he's on his own up top he tries to find the ball a lot more than just waiting for it to be pinged to him he kind of goes into space and drifts out to pick the ball up um and if you were you know if you were to put them in there together it's who do you take out because um Elliot Lee for me has been outstanding as well so it's it's a healthy selection headache to have because Jaden Stockley is you know he is one of the best strikers in this division whether he's he's sort of found his way out of the side because of the way we've been playing and that's sort of been linchpinned against him because of his height that maybe you know maybe so but it would be unfair to drop him on those bounds but you know, I think Josh Davison's performed outstandingly, especially when we we considered he probably wouldn't be in and around the first team pitcher as much as he has been. Um, so yeah, you know what? I don't know if I'd if I'd play them together. I I think it would work, but also I think it would be quite harsh to drop Elliot Lee out there because I think he just he pulls so many strings and he makes so much happen, especially if you've got people like Jonathan Lecko or Corey Blackett Taylor out wide that you can use as well. Um, it, it probably works for me the way it is um, with the one up top, but. You know, if it's an option of playing the two together, I'd I'd have no issues with that happening.
1: Excellent stuff. Right. I think we've uh, run out of time, actually, on uh, this week's big match preview. Great to be back after the international break. Thanks to all of you uh, who've tuned in and, of course, sent your messages into the show. Don't forget, we'll be back on Sunday to look back at whatever happens against Lincoln. uh, And uh, keep an eye out for for Lewis and for Nathan, who will be up there uh, gathering some uh, fan reaction after the game. Um, uh, in in the pubs and and trains in and around Lincoln after the match. Keep an eye out for those guys. Uh, Thank you to Nathan and to Lewis for joining me on the show.
3: Cheers, boys. No worries, mate.
1: Good to speak to you both. I'm Louis Mendez. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again on Sunday.